Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Coffee Break. It's Friday, April. I don't, Carrie, what is it? It's the 10th. Is it the 10th? Today is April 10th. It's such, It's been a week. Um, it's been a week. It's been a week. <laughs> You're watching the Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. My name is Carter Laren. That's Carrie Smith. Hi, guys. Welcome. If it's your first time here, you can find us online at unsafespace.com. I'm reporting from another undisclosed location today, so this is not my normal podcasting room, but I'll be back there on Monday. Honestly, you look um, like you're like a cam girl ready to do something over there. Not that I would know. <laughs> not that I would know. <laughs> not that you would know. This is the only place really to shoot from in this room, so I had to be here. Um, you're going to get us uh, banned from YouTube. <laughs> hey, listen, guys. Here's what I, Can I open with something? Whatever you want. I give up at this point. It's been a week. Um, uh, Carter and I just had a fight, and everything is okay now. <laughs> but the reason I bring it up, I think it actually was our first like yell at each other fight, though. Oh yeah, yeah. But here's something I was thinking of. We both realized we had found each other's childhood wounds by accident, <laughs> or some of them. <laughs> yes. And um, and it made me think of this something I saw Mike Sorgovich tweet the other day. He said, I don't know if you saw this. He said, unresolved trauma. We all have it. We're able to mask it with substances and socializing. Now you're just straight forced to face it, and that's why you're moody and in pain. This is beautiful, my friends. Lean into this. Growth is happening. And then later <laughs> I saw him retweet it again and say something about, you know, you're at, you're forced to face yourself in if you're be if you truly are being isolated and not hanging out with other people, that maybe it's an opportunity for you to he's like, How do you like yourself? Maybe you're learning some stuff about yourself. Yeah. No, but, I totally um, agree with him on that. I think he's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's been happening. Oh, the camera's it, not going back and forth between me and you. Oh, now it is. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I was just, I didn't feel like switching it back to me when I was talking just then. Uh, Andrew Thompson in chat says, wait, why did you two waste good content? <laughs> no. It, no. It was not pretty. <laughs> It was it, you. You guys wouldn't know it because, see, the thing is, this, this is good though. We should talk about this because in case anyone else is dealing with stuff, <laughs> and everyone's kind of on edge and frazzled a bit, probably, and um, maybe having altercations with uh, people that they're quarantined with, with their spouses or kids or something. Um, the thing is, like, I love Carter enough that I can have that argument with him and then step back and say, oh wait, here's what I'm doing and recognize it and not be, and I'm close enough with you that I could tell you, right? I was like, look, I'm mad because my mad is masking my sad, <laughs> which is true. With anyone else, I wouldn't probably, if, I, if I'm not close with someone, I wouldn't tell them that. I would just be mad. I would just continue to be mad. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, I had to like, I had, I had to like just be like, I'm mad at you. And then I had to step away and be, and like, calm down and think about everything and like come back and be like okay i'm mad at you but here's like i kind of shouldn't have done this and but like you know but uh i don't know i think it easily could have gotten out of control if we didn't have i i mean i don't want to speak for you but i feel like there's at least part of me that's kind of trained to sort of check that eventually it doesn't check it right away but like at least there's some yeah. part of my brain that's like 
hey, you're supposed to be like checking your own responses here and having some self-criticism. And like, it took me a few minutes to like, I had to step away and before that, that part of my brain was like listened to at all by the rest of me. I had to like calm yes. down a little bit. And then that part of my brain was like, okay, now I can engage. Uh, here's the, some more objective information. And then I was able to kind of come back to it. But um, that's a learned skill, frankly. It's, uh, it is a learned skill. Practice. I think you and I are pretty similar in that we both are pretty much like, oh, you're going to reject me? I'm going to reject you first. <laughs> right. Like you just said, yeah. like, I'm going to burn it all to the ground. Yeah. We both have the same, like, reaction when we're upset about something. It's just like, burn everything, which probably is why we get along most of the time, but also for fighting, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. You both make it to zero to 60, like, boom, <laughs> step on the gas. Yeah. Anyway, I am sorry again. Thank you guys for being part of our group counseling today and listened <laughs> but maybe it's helpful to someone no it's good kim uh -huh. ray in chat says uh says that it's helpful and uh i look i don't want a tmi but and i don't know what everyone else's week has been like i, I heard i think it was dr k earlier in chat with something about like is everyone ready for this week to be over um even my wife and i have been like we have a great relationship but this week we've been like just like Argh at each other because um, we're working on some business stuff together which is not normally what we do also so there's some added pressure there but uh um it's definitely been trying right and we've had to like yes. fortunately we don't like go to bed angry or anything we you know we handle everything and and calm down eventually but uh it's been a pretty stressful week um and dr k yeah. says this week has sucked so there you go everyone yes i agree and then the other thing i'm a little uh I ha I'm grateful. I have a job I'm doing today. That's why I'm um, not at home. Uh, and it's just been a little chaotic here today and not what was planned. And so that's put me a little on edge, stressed, stressed out a little. But also, here's what's, here's something funny. I've been saying the past couple few weeks, I've been like, oh, Tiger's gotten really attached to me because I'm not going to my regular job anymore. I'm at home all the time. And I can't go to my regular job. I would if I could. Um, but I'm home all the time, and I was like, oh, he's getting so attached to me. When I start leaving home again, he's going to be really depressed. Well, it turns out I'm super depressed. <laughs> <laughs> You're just projecting onto your animal. <laughs> right. I didn't I didn't expect it because I used to leave him all the time and go to work and stuff. And, and now I'm like, oh, there's Tiger. I'm like looking at pictures of him. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'd like It'll to be, say that's I'm, normal and healthy, Carrie, but I'm not sure I can say that. I think it is. I've actually been uh, to uh, to fall asleep last night. I was imagining. I was like imagining what it's going to be like when I see him again, and he's going to be like. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> <sighs> um, can I can I make a few announcements? Actually, please. So, um. A couple things. One is we have uh, we've been getting some new subscribers, so thank you very much. You can go to subscribestar.com to support us. We uh, we need money to keep the show going and to eat. So uh, you know, if you think what we do provides value, please uh, please support us. But we have a new um, we ha have a new existential threat. So the the highest level of subscribers so far we have is existential threats. And for a while we had Scotty Scott and Stephen Landau. Now we have Michael Toll. Uh, as an ex a new existential th threat. So thank you, Michael, and thank you to everyone else. Your names should be in the credits, and if they're not, it's because you haven't responded to my email asking what name to use. Because we don't want to out people. Some people want to have a pseudonym. So anyway, uh, the other announcement, Carrie, you don't know this. 
Uh, so this is an announcement for Carrie also. Um, we, well, you know that we interviewed Maggie Oliver. So we interviewed, Carrie and I interviewed uh, Maggie Oliver, who is uh, a police inspector for the Greater Manchester Police who worked on uh, the Rochdale uh, child sex scandal, the grooming scandal. And she's also the whistleblower who has kind of made a name for herself um, exposing the basically corruption and filth of the police department and their reaction to this and how they were hiding uh, the abuse and continue to be hiding the abuse of uh, a lot of young girls in both in the greater Manchester area, but also throughout the UK. And so we interviewed her and because she is from the UK and because the topic is from the UK, um, I want to release the show at a time when maybe people from the UK can see it more um, more likely to see it because a lot of times, you know, it's seven at night right now, I think, in the UK. So the plan is to release it tomorrow morning Pacific time at 8 a.m. Pacific, which is early for Californians, but that's 4 p.m. UK. And I think that gives people, you know, they're up, they're awake, they're doing things in the UK at that point, And it gives both the audience in the US and the UK an opportunity to to watch that video. So that's going to come out tomorrow at 8 a.m. Pacific time. And if you're interested in that, it's a it's a disturbing discussion. It's a very disturbing discussion, but it's worth it's I think it's necessary for people to look at. We've talked about that subject before. We've never interviewed someone about it. And um, even in the episode we did about it, I remember it being pretty heavy. And this interview was pretty heavy at times. It, it was yeah. it was heavy. Um, and yeah, and. And yeah, we talked about it, but this is, we talked about like this, this was our opportunity to talk about it from like the expert on this thing. Like she's the one who's been doing all this. So it was, it was great. Um, anyway, those were the top of the show announcements that I wanted to make. Carrie, um, you know, not only has it been a stressful week for us, but jobless numbers, um, again, this week, they matched last week. I thought they would be a little higher. So I didn't think they would be lower. I thought they'd be a little higher, but I didn't think they would be twice as high. Um, I don't know if that counts as a win for me or a swing and a miss, but uh, they're the same as last week. Another 6.6 million well, here, jobless claims. Let me interrupt for one second. Anecdotally, so this isn't a study or anything. Anecdotally, I know a bunch of people who actually have been trying to file for unemployment for over a week and haven't been able to get through on the website or the phone. So oh, the so numbers, maybe we're at we're just at capacity for. We're at. I think there are a lot of people like even. You know, a friend I talked to, two friends I talked to yesterday, intend to apply, have been trying to apply, have not been able to get through. Wow. So maybe that's depressing the numbers artificially. Um, I think so. Maybe there's a max. Yeah, interesting. Um, we should also say, in terms of uh, top of the show announcements or show announcements generally, thank you to Ninja Kitty for the super chat. Thank you to Tabitha for super chat. Uh, Ninja Kitty sa- is just bragging that he's first in chat, which is great because Ninja Kitty usually is and then had a had some issues. Tabitha um, Tabitha says, I got yelled at by a Karen for buying a can opener. She said it wasn't an essential item. Funny thing, she was in the okay. same lane as me. Happy Friday. <laughs> How are you going to open your cans of beans if you don't have a can opener? And, and you know what? I'm sick of these people deciding uh, what is, I know we've We've been doing a couple different episodes with the quarantine Karen thing, but I think that's a way that it's it's starting to affect everyone locally is dealing with these totalitarian assholes in their community that maybe they didn't realize were totalitarians before this. Um, 
in my local group, it's just crescendoed now. And there's actually a definitive two camps. I feel like I'm in Lord of the Flies and I'm leading one of the camps or I'm one of the people. (laughs) No, but I have the conch every once in a while. (laughs) Um, but, But there's definitely two camps of people in that group now that have formed. And there's the people who continually post like, I was out yesterday and here's a picture of other people who are out. What are they doing out? And it's like, dude, what are you doing out? And I've had this conversation countless times. Once again, I had one with this lady, Carter. I, I mentioned you. I didn't mention my name, but I mentioned you this time because um, she's like, if you go out and you go to the local park and you catch it, and then you're standing next to me in HEB and I get it from you, that's on you. And I'm like, no, why are you at HEB? Why are you at the grocery store? It's called food. People, you know, carbon-based organisms need to eat. And I'm like, yeah, why weren't you a responsible human who stocked up enough food so that you don't have to go every week to the, to HEB? I have a friend who's been mentioning you, who's been on lockdown for over a month and a half. He doesn't have to go out. He probably wouldn't have to go out for another year. So if we're going to start judging, that's not true. (laughs) If we're going to start judging people, then I'm going to judge you and say, why the F are you in the store? Get your ass home. If you're worried, that is on you. And then any, you can judge anybody's like, or the can opener is not essential, or this isn't essential, or I, I'm really tired. Every job is essential. You know why? Because it brings home money to cover your family and to cover your basic living expenses. And I'm getting sick of this sort of like, look at this non-essential job. There was another one in my group this morning. A girl took a photo of some construction workers from her apartment building window. And she's like, is this really an essential job? And you, <laughs> Mind your own friggin' business and let those guys work if they choose to work. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. Tired of this. It's, it's perfect. I actually saw someone tweet this out. Someone tweeted out. It, obviously, they were sarcastic. Uh, we should ban hunting and gathering because it's not essential. Like it's basically, it's like humans have to do activities in order to survive. Some of those humans have chosen activities directly related to the food supply. Other people have chosen activities not directly related, but they get compensated for those so that they can go buy food and housing and clothing and all those other things like canceling some activities as non-essential uh if their life is essential those activities are essential you're just saying that they're not essential as people that's what you mean when you say that um everyone's work is essential to them and to their survival um by the way we should also shout out ian burns just uh super chatted us and said bravo on that interview uh well you might want to save your super chat until after you see the interview but i thought it was pretty good so thank you uh ian thank you talking about the maggie uh thank you ian yeah okay i have one more local group another rant thing yeah well this one's just kind of funny to me because you're again this has been very illuminating you're learning who all the crazy people are in your neighborhood which is i'm like good i want to know who all the totalitarians are in my boyfriend's Facebook, local Facebook group, there's a guy in there who's always posting stuff like, you know, he's he's unba- he seems very imbalanced. And, you know, if I'm out for a walk and you're not wearing a mask, I'm going to say something and da whatever. So yesterday, a woman posts in his local group and is like, I was out at the park with my kids on bicycles and this man got right up in our face and started yelling at us and it was very scary and I had to call the police on him and people were like, oh my God, you know, and she was like, just be, and he kept yelling, like, I've had a cough for a week, I've had a cough for a week, it was super creepy, right? So that turns out to be this guy who's in the group. So then he posts, <laughs> and by the way, he dresses as Batman in his in his 
profile photo. So he, he posts today a long rant and he's like, I'm going to tell you why it's important to wear a mask when you're outside in the parks. And he's like, yesterday I was in the park and a woman with her children got, got in my breathing space. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, he's like, got in my breathing space and I was forced to tell her. And so basically he's telling the story from his point of view and she called the police on him, you know, and he's trying to make this all her fault. And he's like, you know, you need parents, you need to keep your children away from, keep them at a social distance from strangers when they're in the park, you know, at least six feet. I choose 12 feet, you know, and I'm like, why didn't you get out of her way? And by the way, why are you screaming in her face if you're so worried about, and why are you threatening her and saying you've had a cough, which is a horrible thing to say. So um, anyway, he's he's trying to post his view of it. And we just had a good laugh because there were some people in there agreeing with him. And somebody was like telling this Batman guy, you should write a book on parenting. I agree. These parents need need to keep control of their kids and then but then there were also people who were like okay batman i'll be sure to avoid you and he kept threatening again he's like i'm going out for a walk again if i see anyone without a mask near me blah 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 it's like oh my god this guy's like scary so uh i told my boyfriend he didn't post it but i wanted him to post the video clip of the joker dancing that you know from the film oh yeah 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 and just be like see you out there see you out there batman (laughs) yeah you sure totally should I mean, that's the only response. But I know I'm, I'm just kind of getting off topic, but there's crazy people. And and you're starting to, people are revealing more of who they are in this crisis. And that's maybe a silver lining because I've learned some stuff about people that I considered friends that now I'm like, oh, good to know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it certainly is bringing out the core of people and who they are. Um, I, I have to admit, I've been like a little bit, I, I don't want to say depressed, but yeah, maybe I don't, this coronavirus, I don't know why it's this thing. I think it's all the Karens coming out of the, of the woodwork that has, and like, we basically have like a volunteer Stasi force going on. I think it's what made me come to this realization and it's an obvious realization. So don't mock me because everyone else already knows this, I think, but, uh, <laughs> America's already dead, culturally. Like, the the idea of America's already dead. We already lost, um, culturally. Like, the idea of individual responsibility, um, of socially but not legally enforced uh, mores uh, and morals, um, that's, you know, dead. The prioritization of self-ownership instead of collective ownership, like the idea that you own yourself and you're not part of a, a cog in a wheel owned by other people. Um, all those things kind of lead to the ability to have a laissez-faire system or to, to, to have a system based on freedom. You need individual responsibility. If you're going to have a system based on freedom, you need socially not legally enforced uh, rules. You need this concept of self-ownership if you're going to have freedom. And uh, I, I realized that, you know, I've given the farm analogy before. It's not my analogy. I mean, I didn't invent it. I don't know who would invented it, but it's in the libertarian community. It has been for a long time the tax farm analogy, like you're a farm animal um, on a farm being taxed and and the farmer is the government and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I realized that like actually most people are, I'm, I here I am trying to like tell people not to be farm animals, but the fact is most people are very happy farm animals. Most of the people left in this country for whatever reason 
are very happy farm animals. And we've seen all these surveys about like socialism has a good name and capitalism doesn't and kids in college think socialism's great. The latest one that I saw related to this virus, uh, the Liberty Institute, I want to read this. <clears throat> Liberty Institute says, we presented a nationally representative sample of 3,000 U.S. residents with eight possible policy responses to the outbreak, all of which may be unconstitutional. Let's read that again. All of which may be unconstitutional, including forced quarantine in a government facility, criminal penalties for spreading misinformation, bans against certain people entering the country, and conscription, conscription of healthcare workers, i.e. slavery. Conscription of healthcare workers. You ready for the results? A majority of respondents supported all eight of these policies, most by considerable margins. The proposals with the lowest support were seizing businesses and banning all citizens and non-citizens outside the country from entering, but these policies still had 58 and 63% support, respectively. The proposals with the highest levels of support were banning non-citizens from entering the country, 85%, and conscripting healthcare professionals to work despite the risks to their own health. 78% of the people thought it was a good idea to conscript healthcare professionals. To force them. Both policies burden a defined minority of the population, so it's not surprising that large majorities support them. But criminalizing speech based on its content, an idea antithetical to modern American constitutionalism, was also very popular. About 70% of respondents supported restricting people's ability to say things that might qualify as misinformation. Likewise, 77% of respondents support suspending all religious services and gatherings, thereby restricting religious freedom. And even if we explicitly told half of our sample that the policies may violate the Constitution, the majority supported all eight of them. They still support it. That's amazing. This, um, by the, Dan- this came from uh, one of our viewers. I don't remember who, but thank you, viewer. Daniel Keene in the comments said, um, oh, I've, it's moving fast in chat, so I've missed it. But he said, uh, basically, people have been, we've been grooming people to go along with this since they were kids. You know, it's like the public school system. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we've been grooming people to go along with whatever the state says for a long time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that that's the depressing thing, right? Is like. Uh, so this is how the farm works. There's the cathedral. You hear us talk about the cathedral a lot. Maybe we have new viewers that don't know what we mean. But the cathedral is basically this um, complex. uh it's the complex of leftist organizations that dominate our society, I think was the, the quote from Michael Malice or whatever, or about it. But it's the cathedral, it's, it's, it's schools, it's government, it's the media, it's this, it's this um, all these, these leftist organizations that kind of dominate the culture. And what they do is they control the information you see and they construct a narrative for interpreting it. Um, you've seen, we've already talked about Twitter censorship, YouTube censorship, Facebook censorship, um, Zero Hedge was, I think, banned from Twitter recently for some coronavirus misinformation thing, which was just an article uh, about a paper, uh, a, a, a medical paper. Um, you know, schools, schools do it. Um, I don't know if, Carrie, you saw the latest thing. Did you see that Amazon banned or deleted somehow, hoaxed? I did. Um Am I, am I muted? No. Yeah, I saw they banned hoaxed. Um, I was just going to refer people if they wanted to know a little more about, there's an essay from 2017 on medium. It's called situational assessment, 2017 Trump edition. 
and um, and then there was a it's by Jordan Hall and there was a follow-up piece called understanding the blue church and understanding the blue church is it's where I first heard this phrase what I refer to as the cathedral and I think it does a really good I just want to plug that article because it does a really good job of explaining it but um but yeah I saw the Amazon band hoax and they've also removed it from anyone's device who had already purchased it so if you paid for it they've now taken it away from you which i think opens them up for lawsuits when that's what Cernovich was saying yeah you i bought this and now you're taking it away from me yeah (laughs) now just i just to be clear i don't know the details i mean uh Cernovich is not in control of distribution so uh they amazon has like the standard disclaimer on there that's like our agreements with the distributor prevent this title from being viewed right now or something like that um it could be that there's an actual distributor dispute, but uh, uh, unlikely. Um, and and the reason I wanted to bring up the hoax ban was, um, it, you know, it's just one more thing that's happening lately, right? Um, but it's it's how you it's how you really know that the, your your information really is controlled. The, the The whole point of hoax is to reveal the existence of the media's role in this, and of course they don't want you to see that. Of course. So, so the cathedral, they control the information, they control the narrative, they ban things like hoax, they indoctrinate Karens uh, in schools and through the media and through everything else. To, they indoctrinate them to the farm animal mentality. So they've got that farm animal idea, they're sheep, right? They, that's what they want. They want a good farmer to take care of them. Um, so much so that they become Stasi. Did, did you see the, they, they become little like self-appointed Stasis, I guess. Did you see the little, um, did you see the handwritten note that was going around Twitter uh, from a Karen lately? No. Let me see. Uh, oh, wait. You'll like this. To this. But she, like, circle dots her eyes. This is the new... Someone, someone's response was, this is the new Karen font. To the selfish person, I have been watching you travel every day in your car. You are not in uniform, so this is clearly unessential travel. You are part of the problem. Stay at home and protect our country, plus NHS. You have been reported. Oh, my gosh. I hate these people. I hate yeah. them. Yeah. And, you, and obviously, by the way, not being in uniform doesn't mean you're actually – this person might actually be going to be a yeah, surgeon. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Or they might be going to work at HEB or somewhere else. Like, you have right. no idea what they're doing. Screw you. And you We're selling ammo, which is super essential. Yeah. I'm so tired. Okay, so here's two Karen things I saw. Um, one – and Laura's in chat. I think Laura's the one that um, posted this one. I can't remember. I think it was Laura. Anyway, it was a post that in her feed, and it was from a woman who basically was compl- – she's like, the ice cream truck just pulled up across my from my house, and these kids went and bought ice cream. Am I the only one that thinks this should be banned? And she was basically like, who do I call to report the ice cream truck and the kids and their parents who are letting them buy the ice cream? It's like, you joy eater. Like, yep. you ice cream stealer. I wish you were the only one who wanted to ban that. <laughs> God. Um, but she's not. Yeah. I mean, so, sorry, I, I like, I wanted, there's a, my thoughts are a little meandering here, but I kind of want to finish this about the, the farm. So you're on the farm. The, the level one of your cage is the cathedral. Level one of your cage is, this is why people like the matrix analogy. Level one of your cage is control the information you can see, control the narrative, indoctrinate Karens. Um, so you get little Stasi out there policing what they think is the, the right thing. 
um, distract you from uh, the existence of your cage and everything that's going on and the, and the actions of the farmer and any abuse you might be suffering. Distract you from that by manufactured crises and outrage by uh, kind of frivolity, I know, you like that word, Carrie? Uh, <laughs> like sex, drug, food, vanity, like all that stuff. Distract you from that stuff. Like have the 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 um, bread and circuses. Um, and the goals here are to keep you. I, there's a couple major goals. The, the main the main one is is indoctrination, um, which is to just uh, it's it's to destroy any independent spirit within you, and so to make it impossible for you to fathom life without the farmer. Right, you want you want your farm animals to not be able to fathom life beyond the farm. They can't. They can't even. It doesn't even enter their mind. That's the goal of the cathedral, and from an economic perspective, it's to keep you working as much as possible, so you can be taxed as much as possible. So they want you to be worked and taxed as much as possible, which is why they want both parents out working and paying uh, uh, someone else to raise your kids, because that's like look at all that money flowing. All that money flowing gets taxed, right? That's three times the taxes than if you stay home with your kids and your spouse goes out to work. Uh, so they like those are their goals. But make no mistake, if if the cathedral fails at its job of keeping you happily drugged and sedated and oblivious to the existence of your imprisonment, you are in prison. If the cathedral fails to do that, they will shoot you. They will kill you. Have have you seen, I have not been talking about this, but I, I actually landed an interview with this person's attorney, the family's attorney here, um, which I'm not sure when we're going to have it, but I want to bring the case up uh, prematurely before then. Have you heard about Duncan Lemp, for example? Just one in a, str a string of cases in the past, but the most recent one. Do you no. know the story of Duncan Lemp? See? You don't? No. All right. Duncan Lemp was from Montgomery County, Maryland. Um, <clears throat> he was 21. Apparently, according to police, when he was a minor, he had some sort of run-in with the law. I'm not sure what it was, but there was a ruling that he's prevented from owning firearms until he was 30. I didn't know that was a ruling that you could have, but apparently he has... He, they had ruled that. So, um, okay, so he's 21, prevented from owning firearms. Now, uh, he was, it turns out, violating that. He did have firearms. Okay, uh, I think that's a reasonable violation. Like, I don't, I think he should be allowed to have firearms, but whatever, that's fine. He's violating, they, they want to they wanna do something about that. So, but they didn't know he was, he was violating uh, this rule. So he was 21. He was living in at home with his parents. So he had two parents in the house, plus a brother in the house. Plus he was living with his girlfriend in the house. So they had a he and his girlfriend had a room, um, and so they were in the house. So that's five people in the house. Four four people besides Duncan. About a month prior to this incident that I'm about to describe, um, the police received an anonymous tip, anonymous, which is just hearsay, that hey Duncan's got guns. He shouldn't, okay? Um, the judge granted a no-knock warrant based on that tip. No-knock warrant. Uh, the warrant did not indicate that there was an imminent threat. Why you need a no-knock warrant? No freaking idea. No imminent threat. Hearsay, right? So an anonymous tip and no Im imminent threat. Judge grants a no-knock warrant. 
The police take that no-knock warrant and they execute a pre-dawn raid on this guy. They kill him and they shoot his girlfriend. Now, according to the family, <clears throat> he and his girlfriend were sleeping in bed. Officers threw flashbangs in the house, fired as they were entering or maybe even before they entered through the window, killed Lemp immediately while he was sleeping in bed, and no family heard any sort of warnings or anything from the police at all the entire time. The police, meanwhile, have changed their story three times. Um, their latest version is that Lemp confronted them. They issued warnings and compliance instructions, and he wasn't listening, and I guess that's why they shot him, and, uh, and he was armed, and, uh, there, but there's no explanation of why the hell they shot the girlfriend. So um, I, I want to point this out because the guy's last tweet, it doesn't matter if you agree with his politics. He was like a militia e kind of type of guy, libertarian dude, fine. Um, wasn't really hurting anyone, right? He had some guns he wasn't supposed to have. Big fucking deal. He was home with guns, not like minding his own business. And some Karen called in an anonymous tip on him and he's dead, all right? Uh, and the reason <sighs> he summed up this entire problem in the last tweet that he wrote before he was killed. And that tweet was, the Constitution is dead. And that's what I'm depressed about because... We are in a society in which us, the people in this chat right now, we are the vast minority. Maybe not even everyone in chat wants to be an individualist and cares about freedom, but I think most of you do. Uh, you we're, the, we're the tiny, tiny minority. We have already lost the cultural war. It is over. We lost it. It's done, and that's depressing. The only no. hope that I see for this is that you don't think we've lost it. No, this is super depressing. I'm not doing an episode <laughs> where I'm saying we've well, lost the cultural There's a silver war. lining maybe, okay. which I haven't brought up, but okay. I, I, I think as a culture, we're done. However, uh, this, the minority of us uh, yeah, little, little Ragamuffin in chat says the war was lost a long time ago. I, I know, right? But the minority of us who are, st who still cling to what I would call, uh, just to be very vague about it, like the traditional American spirit, like the, the spirit of individual responsibility and freedom, um, the people who are willing to, to um, the people who are willing to take responsibility for their own lives, leave other people alone who want freedom and want something more akin to a small laissez-faire type government, those type of people. We might be the minority and we might have lost culturally, um, which makes sense since they've controlled the schools for decades. Uh, there's not zero of us. And I think maybe the focus should really be on building our own communities. And um, at, you know, at some point we may have to physically locate, but we can't do any of that if we don't know each other, if we don't have... Um, we don't know who each other is. We can't rely on each other. We don't act. We have to actually build a community and start over somewhere. And maybe things around us will fall apart and we can start over right here without moving. Maybe things won't fall apart exactly that way. And we're actually going to have to co-locate. I know Maria Tuscan and I have talked about this before. I don't see her in chat, but you know, maybe we're going to have to relocate, but at, at the very least we need a community. Um, and, uh, Okay, let me interrupt. I, yeah. I disagree. We, the war is not lost. And 
as Laura points out, I'm not, I'm not convinced it's a minority of us who are individualists and who are against government forced shutdown and, and the kind of abuses of, of liberty. How do you explain the Liberty survey we just looked at? I, how do I explain that survey? Well, first of all, surveys, I don't like that survey, but I would like to see more. I would like to be, see some similar ones and see if that's repeated. I just would like to, because surveys were wrong. Here's a big example that everybody knows of. Polls and surveys were wrong of, during the last presidential election. So I would like to see other surveys. How do I explain it? I don't know. Maybe it's the way they phrase the questions. Um, in my gut, I just don't think that it. Maybe that maybe those people haven't been. Look, in my let me take my local Facebook group for example. There are some of us who started speaking up and pushing back against the Karens, and now there's more of us because they see, oh, there's someone else who's not afraid to say this, and to, even though they're going to say, oh, you don't care about people dying, and you don't care about old people, and you and all these lies. Um, I don't care what you say. I don't care the lies you say. I'm going to, just like I do on this show, I'm going to, I'm going to speak what I believe to be the truth. And the more people who do that, just like speaking against SJW ideology, the less fear people have to do it. I think there are a lot of fearful, I think there's a silent majority of people, perhaps, maybe, maybe it's only 50, 50, I don't know. But I think there's a silent majority of people who are just afraid of the loud ones. Well, I, yeah, I do look agree at Laura, there are a lot. Laura says there are tons of people yeah, that don't. Speak. I agree there's a lot of people that don't speak up, but I don't see evidence that a majority of the people are freedom lovers at all. I don't see I don't see every like that survey is just in line with everything else we've seen for the last few years. Every every survey we see every every time anyone does a study about the words capitalism or socialism or this or that like it's it's every time people vote, I mean, both side, both parties, both major parties are are anti-freedom. Um, so I like I don't see. To me, it's kind of an outrageous claim that there's this silent majority of freedom lovers. I don't think that's true. No, I think but you're you're thinking. Let me. They're not plugged in. I. They're they're. Think of it like some somebody who's inact. Uh, uh, that, that just hasn't been turned on yet. It's not that they're freedom lovers or freedom haters. They're just not conscious. They're not awake. They're not paying attention. Well, that's they definitely may, true. You're probably right. They maybe think that there's something. They're they're dis, they're distracted by the bread and circuses. But you can turn some of those people on. And when you explain, when you start speaking, and they, some of them are awakened, and then they and then they turn on, and then they turn someone else on. I guess I guess I mean, I wouldn't confuse the ones who are freedom lovers. And are quiet. I mean, there's there's a lot of people in this so-called silent majority that I'm talking about. There's the ones who are freedom lovers and are scared, but there's the ones who are just don't even know what they are, who I think can be reached. I guess I'm just this is me being the optimism is I just don't think it, we're, it's completely lost. I think maybe if it maybe this crisis is what was needed to wake some people up and to make some people pay attention. It's also push some other people totally towards totalitarianism. But just like, look, just like with Trump being elected in 2016 and the way that my so-called side, the left doubled down and went frigging crazy and doubled down on SJW ideology. And that woke me up. I think a lot of these totalitarians and these local groups are waking people up and they're starting to step back and say, wait, I'm not on board with calling the cops on the ice cream man. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, maybe. And, and I know that it sounds like, Hey, there's Maria in chat. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I, I know it sounds like I'm being very depressing when I say this, but um, it's, it's it, and on one hand it is depressing, but like we cannot, you can't move forward if you don't admit where you are. Like, and we need to admit where we are. We have lost the culture war. We've lost it. It's over. We've lost the culture war. It doesn't no. mean there's none of us. It, no, we, it's gone. It doesn't no, mean not. there's none of us. It doesn't no. mean there's no one. It doesn't mean that some people can't be turned if they can be turned on. It doesn't mean that we can, can't like rise like a phoenix and take over again. But uh, the culture's not, it's, there's no battle for the mainstream culture. There's no battle. It, we're, we're like insurgents fighting an established regime. We're not, we're not two equal parties fighting for land that's up for grabs. We're insurgents. There's, a, there's already culture. Um, and that culture is not freedom focused. And th this is just my opinion, right? But, and I know you disagree, but the, the silver lining here is it kind of doesn't matter because our next steps are the same anyway, which is uh, we need to find each other. We need to have the courage to continue fighting, even if we're the insurgents and the war is over. Doesn't mean we can't, you know, I mean, look. This wasn't always the culture. So at some point, the left were the insurgents and they eventually ended up winning. They've won. Doesn't mean we can't fight back still. Um, and and I think we have to fight back still. And I there's there are enough of us and enough uh, that there are enough of us who could fight back and enough people that you're talking about that could be uh, red-pilled, black-pilled, awakened from their, their slumber. Um, that could happen. So I don't necessarily think the next steps are different, whether or not you agree with me that it's over and we're insurgents, or whether we agree with you and it's not over. Well, I, here's what I'd say. Don't make we've lost the culture war your battle cry because you're not going to attract a lot of people. You're going to depress them and they're going to become nihilists and they're going to shut off and they're not going to get involved in your insurgency because you're basically telling them the war's over. And I don't get inspired by that. In fact, I want to be like, fine, I'm going to be with the people who think that there's still something worth fighting for. So I'm just saying your messaging is super depressing and nihilistic. <laughs> well, look, I'm trying to be honest with people. This isn't like, I didn't like prepare a message for how to convince people of anything. I'm just having a free form discussion and I, and I value honesty with the community. Okay. I, I do think the war is over from that perspective, okay. but, but, but that's a the war was like, we were a British colony. So, and some insurgents fought that off, had a revolution, and then we weren't a British colony anymore. So, I, while I think the culture war is over, by no means do I think that means we should stop fighting. I think that means is we should think of ourselves as uh, we are the last place that the torch of freedom remains lit. It is not supported by the culture. We are not in a culture that wants that, fr that flame to continue. But we can carry that flame, and we've got to grow it, we've got to push it, and we've got to expand our boundaries, and we have to keep fighting the war, uh, fighting the establishment that wants to quench, quench that, uh, that flame of freedom. Like, that's what needs to happen. I'm not yeah, trying to be depressing. The war. You're not going to bring people to an army if there's no war to fight. So quit saying the war's over. Like, that's all I'm saying is in terms of messaging. I don't agree with you. I don't think it's over. But also, maybe this is just a semantics thing and the way we think about it. Um, 
it sounds like we're saying the same thing and we have different semantics and different, it, I just, I just don't, when I hear the culture war is over, then it's like, why am I even? Well, cause here, here's, here's the distinction I'm making. Um, I care about that torch of freedom and the community of people here and elsewhere that are on board with those, with the American spirit, basically for lack of a better uh, nebulous term, right? Like I'm, those are the people I care about. Do I care if we take over Washington, D.C. and return the United States to that? Eh, that would be nice. But what I really care about is that we have a place for ourselves. And I don't really care where it is. And I don't care if it's half the country and there's a line drawn in the middle of it and we all have to go somewhere. Or it's a quarter of the country and we all have to go somewhere else. At least it's somewhere. And that's, to me, that's what's worth fighting for. I'm, I would rather fight a war of um, independence than a war than than think that our only option is to literally convince all of the Karens in the entire freaking country to stop doing what they're doing. That I'm not trying to taking over Washington is not our only option. We don't have to own all of Hollywood. We don't have to own all the universities. We don't have to own Washington. We have to own a little piece of the world that's ours. That's all we need. I'm not trying to convince the Karens. Don't confuse the Karens with the people who are not awake, the people who are slumbering. The Karens are awake. They're totalitarians. They've made their choice. I'm not talking about convincing the Karens, just to be clear. There's a slumbering no, okay, majority fair. of people. That's what I mean. Yeah, and, I, anyway, I, think the slumbering... I think we're getting boring now. I just don't like, look, I'm one of the people you're presumably talking to. I'm in the chat. And there are people in the chat who agree with me. That messaging turns me way off. And I just am like, okay, then fine. I guess I'll go kill myself. Like, it doesn't inspire me if you're telling me the war's over. I'm in this because I believe the war's not over. So that's all. I, I think I kind of, I think I understand the distinction you're making. And, and I, I just, uh, I, I don't okay, think well, we're let, actually let me, in let, disagreement. I just think we're in disagreement about word choice. I guess that's all. Yeah, when I say the, words, the war is over, what I mean by that, and you guys might disagree, that's fine. What I mean by that is, the war for control of the entire culture of the U.S. is basically over. But that's not the war I'm fighting, and that's not the war worth fighting. The war worth fighting is a spot for our own, and no matter what it's called and where it is, that perpetuates these ideas. That's what's important, and that's worth fighting for because that's all humanity has left of freedom anywhere in the entire globe is this community. That's it. There is no other place, and I don't mean just unsafe space, but I mean, like, the people that are in that meant like, Mostly in America, in that have this liberty mindset, that's it for the whole globe. That's it. That's all they are. There's there's not a lot, and there, I don't think there was ever a lot. But for a while, we had an entire country. We may not have like I guess I don't. Part of me is I don't want people to dis be disappointed that if we're if we keep failing to make changes at a national level because it's not necessary. We don't have to actually win that particular battle let's let me rephrase some stuff how about if i say the war for freedom is never freaking over it's not over it's never over the battle for america's culture may have been lost it doesn't mean we can't have another battle it doesn't mean that that battle is the key battle for the war there's a war that's that's more important we may disagree tactically about like well maybe we can make another run at american culture and that battle needs to be fought that's fine. I'm not against that. But that's secondary to the, my goal, which is to win the intellectual war, to win the war of freedom. And that means 
uh, th that those tactics are actually quite similar to fighting the American culture because most of our allies are going to be in America. Most people are, most freedom lovers are going to be people in America. And so we're, we're fighting the same war. This is just a, it's a nuance in tactics. And I'm actually saying it because I don't want to be, while it's depressing to me to say that the battle has been lost for the culture, uh, it's also cathartic because we don't need to win that. I don't, we don't need Hollywood to be on our side. We've never needed Hollywood to be on our side. We have our own culture and we can create our own cultural institutions. We don't need the mainstream culture. I guess that's my point. Yes, well, then you're getting specific. I don't think we need Hollywood either. We've always fought against Hollywood, but I wouldn't say the battle for American culture is over. American culture is what I'm fighting for. And look, there's, it seems like the people are dividing the chat, but there are enough people in there who are saying it's nihilistic and that's why I don't like SJWs that agree with me. I'm just saying for some of us, it like maybe we keep tweaking your messaging <laughs> because I'm- It's not nihilistic at all because I'm not saying there's nothing to live for. I'm saying, the free, I'm saying there's a lot to live for and it's very important that you fight this battle. I'm just saying, don't be discouraged that you probably lost the mainstream culture in the U.S. a while ago. We may get it back at some point, but that's not the yeah, primary. We don't good. have to win that culture in order to win the battle or then win the war. We okay. can win the war without ever winning mainstream American culture ever, ever. We could, we could, that could always exist outside of us. That Americanism can survive without America in its current form. That's the, there's a difference there. Okay. I like this because you're honing your messaging and I'm teaching you how to pick up people like me. <laughs> okay. I have to think out loud. This is like me going through thoughts in real time. This is a live stream. This is what I didn't like. I don't have good, notes on this at all. This is just. I'm a good test case. So there, there you go. Uh, you, you've already got some people who agree with you, but then there's a bunch of us in the chat who are like not digging this messaging. <laughs> <laughs> not digging the messaging. Look, we're all on the same side anyway. How about we go back to what I was saying earlier? I yeah. do think we need a community, regardless of, of whether you think the battle is fighting the America's culture or, you know, whatever. Um, I didn't think we need a community. To that end, okay. and, and when I say community, I don't mean that Carrie and I need to know you individually. I mean, that would be nice. But hopefully this community grows big enough that we can't possibly know everyone. Um, you need to know each other. Um, and so Carrie, not many people know that we have a telegram because we don't really do anything on it except for post videos. But we do have a Telegram, and a lot of people in chat probably don't even know what Telegram is. Go install Telegram, because what I added to Telegram today um, was, because I realized what we need is a community, I added a group chat to Telegram. So the main Telegram channels, so far, literally, I think it's just me and Carrie in it, and I just post, here's a link to our video, because I thought someday we would use Telegram, maybe. Um, you guys don't have to do this, but I would encourage you to. I made an unsafe space group chat where anyone can talk to anyone. It's basically like these chats on the live stream, uh, except for Ninja Kitties allowed. Um, and uh, everyone can just uh, chat with each other. And I think that's maybe a step towards building some sort of community that grows beyond like our relationship with you, where you have relationships with each other and find support amongst each other. Does that make sense? Yes, I like that. I like that. This is kind of what we talked about before about doing something also to help parents 
meet other parents and figure out how they're fighting back against the SGW ideology in their kids' schools. Uh, that's a big picture goal of ours is to help parents find other parents in other parts of the country and trade ideas on how to push back against some of that belief system infiltrating the schools. But um, I really like that. I didn't know you had done that on Telegram, so that's cool. Uh, I just want to, I have to tell I don't think anyone did it yet, by the way, just to be clear. I, just I think it's just us. So real quick, because I'm missing some of these. Um, oh my gosh, we got some super chats. Thank you guys so much. Um, let's see, default username. Thank you, default. He said, uh, we have lost the Twitter war, but remember there's a silent majority in flyover country. The internet does not equal real life. Fear not and carry a big stick. <laughs> That's a Teddy Roosevelt That's quote. That's a positive I love message. That. Yeah, Teddy Roosevelt, speak softly and carry a big stick. Yes. I'm a Teddy Roosevelt fan. Um, Dr. K, Dr. K's in chat. She, uh, thank you for the super chat, Dr. K. She says, this is an important show. I'm glad I made it today instead of opening a bottle of wine and drinking myself into a depressive stupor. Yes, I'm glad you made it too. And a couple people echoed that in chat. And I want to say one thing. Everybody, I'm not judging. Any, I've I've been struggling with smoking lately. After 15 years of not being a smoker, I'm struggling with smoking in this crisis. Um, I am, though, very grateful that I'm not drinking anymore. Uh, and because I know I would be probably drinking more than usual right now. And, uh, and I know people who are struggling with that. I talked to a friend yesterday who's like, you should be really happy you're not drinking right now because I'm struggling with like not going out and buying lots of wine every day and you know people who are out of work and feeling depressed and stuff um, I'm not gonna judge anyone with what they're what kind of coping mechanisms they are having a struggle with but I will say for myself if I can get over the, the struggle I have now which is the smoking one I know I'll be better for it because ultimately it's just well a it's unhealthy but also it's a compulsion and I don't like anything that is a compulsion for me. It's a compulsion, and um, it, that's when I'm not like in charge of myself and my actions. I feel compelled to do something that, on a deep level, I don't really want to do, and so those things always bother me because it's like I want to get back to where I'm not being controlled by something, whether that's a substance, or social media, or uh, uh, I don't know, television, or fighting. Any of these things are great if you can keep them as just just a um, uh, intermittent frivolity, put it that way, intermittent <laughs> indulgence, something to take your mind to de-stress, awesome. But if any of these things become a compulsion for you or for me, that's that's when I draw a distinction. I'm like, oh, that's crossed over now. It's not just like a, 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 a an occasional indulgence. Now this is something I'm um, compelled to do and am uh, turning too, too, too often as a crutch to manage stress. And so just, uh, I'm not lecturing anyone again, or I'm not trying to, but, uh, anyway, that's, that's how I try and distinguish between, and I have some, wait, 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 should I, should I apologize to Dr. K because she, she didn't want to drink herself into a depressive stupor. And then according to you, I was very depressing after that. Yes. You're Uh. making people want to go get bottled wine. No, I should make you want to go get ammo. Be angry. Don't be depressed. Be mad. Here's the thing. We are, I will put in my words, I will say the war is far from over and we need sober generals and sober soldiers. (laughs) We used to, when I was an entertainment manager, we used to put in the writer for the, we had to do this. We like, and we need, um, a sober sound technician. <laughs> like you actually had to put it in there. I don't need a drunk. That's pretty sad. Yeah, that's pretty sad. We need sober soldiers. So, 
Uh, thank All you, right. Dr. K. Uh, thank you. Who else? Thank you. Tara. Oh my God, Tara. You want to read that one? Uh, Benedict option. Find a community that shares your values and beliefs. Physically move if necessary. That's what my family is doing. Yeah. Uh, that's Tara. I mean, kind of. I mean, there was the Free State Project a while ago, which I flirted with years ago, like when it first was around. I think they settled on New Hampshire, which wasn't really my first choice. Um, but uh, who knows? I mean, yeah, and there's the American Redoubt, which uh, I know people look at. Um, I'm not sure that we need to move. I'm not saying we all need to move tomorrow. But if we someday need to move, wouldn't it be nice to already have relationships established and know each other and be in a community? And at the very least, we have a virtual community. Um, and Carrie and I are going to have... <laughs> Uh, a actual physical get together. By the way, Carrie, it's a good thing we didn't schedule schedule the I know. Uh, retreat that we were going to schedule for May. We ended up pushing it to September. I know. Uh, this would have sucked. Um, so and yeah. Right, and right now it's like I, it may not even be September because people are going to take a while to have to. We don't know when this is going to end, and I don't want people to be right now. Nobody has money to spend on flights anyway. So it's probably going to be pushed off to next year. I'm really sorry to say that on this show. It's just that I don't want to schedule something that people can't afford to even attend. And with with it hanging over our heads that this there may be some fall lockdown that everyone loses their flights. So for now, until as the situation develops, we'll let you know about the retreat. But maybe we'll have an evil uh, unauthorized retreat. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Ian Burns quotes John Stuart Mill, uh, who I normally don't like, but this is a good quote. Not Ian. I like Ian. But uh, I don't know. Ian seems fine. He, he super chats. Uh, a person may cause evil to others not only by his actions, but by his inaction. And in either case, he is justly accountable for them to them for the injury. Actually, maybe I don't agree with that John Stuart Mill quote. Um, do you? Are you? Wait a minute. I, I, why don't you like John Stuart Mill? Everything I've read of his so far, I've liked. I need to read more, but... Yeah, no, I don't. I have issues with some of it. In fact, this quote, I'm not sure I like it. So let's read it again. A person may cause evil to others. Although, thank you for the, the super chat, <laughs> regardless of whether I agree with the quote, Ian, I'm reading it. So uh, a person may cause evil to others, not only by his actions, but by his inaction. And in either case, he is justly accountable to them for the injury. I'm not sure I agree with that. I'm not I have to think of a I'd need some examples like if you stand there and someone else is dying and you don't help them, are you accountable for their injury? You're a jerk, but I'm not sure that would be murder. Uh, I don't think that you would be just like, you're not accountable in the same way. Um, so I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, anyway, uh, EC Homer, the people who are slumbering are kept slumbering because they are in comfort they will wake when their bed is taken from them. So that's, uh, thank you for the super chat, EC Homer. Uh, yeah, that's part of the thing, right? When, you, when we're in comfort, um, this, is part of, this is part of the keeping the farm animals happy, right? You put new straw down, you keep them well fed, there's a nice little cell, they get out, they get some sunshine once in a while. You got happy livestock, they're not gonna try and run away. Um, so it's only when things go horribly wrong on the farm that a lot of, and some livestock, you know, the, the better livestock will wake up even in comfort and recognize that they're livestock. But most livestock, they're going to wait until they're starving to try and hop the fence. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, Ninja Kitty got, got himself into chat. Um, says, woohoo, shout out from Little Ragamuffin. Thank you, Ninja Kitty, for the super chat. 
It looks like Ninja Kitty's not allowed to chat still unless unless he super chats. That's crazy. Uh, Maria says we should create a new country called Unsafe Space. (laughs) (laughs) Where no one is in charge at all. Uh, Somebody in the chat said they don't like sober soldiers. Oh, Lydia. Lydia, That's okay. You don't all have to be sober. We can have some drunk. We need drunk soldiers as well, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not a very judgmental person. I'll accept everyone. Uh, (laughs) What could possibly go wrong, says Dr. K. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, guns and alcohol, they don't usually mix, right? I don't mean, yeah. But... (sighs) I don't know. Um, I have I have something light to share. I, not, I don't know if it's light. It's not light, but it's a story. People like stories. So um, my buddy was in chat and he mentioned like, oh, I gotta go to the dentist. And so I was like, damn, I was gonna share your, I was gonna share your dentist story, um, but now I don't want to because I don't I don't want people to know it was you. But he said I could. He just messaged me and said I could. Um, <laughs> so he says to me. I'll miss your live show today. I guess he didn't miss all of it because he was in chat at the beginning. I'll miss your live show today. I have to go to a stealth emergency dental appointment. So let's just think about that phrase for a minute. Stealth emergency dental appointment. I have a broken molar. I talked to the dentist and he said that the government has really clamped down on him since he is considered non-essential. He told (laughs) you ready for this? He told me to arrive at 1130, sit in my car, and he would text me when he thought it was clear for me to go into the office. That's the world we're in right now. Wow. Okay. Can I? It's like black market dentistry. Black market dentistry. So the the Texas Department of Labor Regulations, I forget. It's TDLR, which always makes me think of the acronym TLDR, too long, didn't read. But it's <laughs> TDLR, Texas Deported, Department of Labor and something. Oh, okay. Anyway, yep. they, I should have sent this to you so we could put it on screen. They have started publicly tagging businesses and shaming them. This state <laughs> organization. So they tagged this woman, uh, this black woman who does braids. And the only way they know that she's still operating is because she had posted something about appointment times. And, pre- and everything's by appointment only right now. So she's only seeing like one person at a time. Obviously, she's decided she's made her own what she's willing to do. And these people are willing – if they're willing to come, they're making their own choice. But it's technically against the shutdown order we have right now because even though the liquor store is deemed essential, getting your hair braided is not. And so the, this friggin' department, the state department tagged – her business and said, we have, it's come to our attention that you are operating illegally right now. And we are, you should know that we're going to impose fines and blah, 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 and shut you down. And then she got swarmed. So imagine like the SJW mobbings that we've covered uh, on the show that happened on Instagram. Imagine a mobbing that's triggered by the state. I mean, it, it blew my mind. I'm yeah. like, this is despicable behavior by the state. You know what? Privately message her and fine her or fine her, whatever you're going to do. But on top of finding her, uh, trying to revoke her license, you're also going to make her the subject of an internet mob and send a bunch of Karens to attack her. Like, what is wrong with you? Well, because the, cause, cause little power-hungry fiefs, little authoritarians um, – Little authoritarians love to make examples out of people because it makes them feel bigger. And they're like, yeah, look at that. No one wants to mess with me, right? I'm the Texas government. And like, you know, it's just some, like, bureaucrats, like, little weak people love to make examples of other people. Um, and so that's what they're doing. They're trying to get, like, that's why they're shaming. 
Um, yeah. And, and make no mistake, even tyrants are weak, pathetic people underneath it all. Their only, your need to control their people stems from your own personal weakness and pathetic nature. Like that's yeah. what tyrants are. Like people like Hitler, they're not strong. They're weak little pathetic pieces of crap that the, the only way they feel good about themselves is power over other people. And that's mostly who government is populated with. That's most of government is pathetic little weak bureaucrats who have a, you know, they've got a Napoleon complex. Uh, I'm going to share my screen, Carter. Okay. See if this works. Does All right, that work? let's try it. Uh, not yet. <laughs> it has not worked yet. But I, I'm holding out hope, Carrie. It's, oh, it's, wait, wait, here we go. Is it sharing? Uh, ki- Are we in a- kind of. Now there's like a, I feel like I'm in an infinite regression loop, right? <laughs> now I don't okay. know what's going on. Go back to you. I don't know what's happening. Go back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can do this. I got just you. But if I do this, now it's no. like this weird, I don't know what it is. No, go All back right. to you. Okay. I was going <laughs> to share this picture with you. Um, I think it is from Michigan. I think it's from Michigan. Anyway, it's a it's a picture that's going around social media. Is this the one signing the bill? Yes, they're signing a bill to impose fines. And on the on the Chiron on the um, bottom of the screen, it says, "State emergency order calls for fines up to one thousand dollars for ignoring social distancing." And then you see the photo of her signing the bill and all of these government elites standing beside her shoulder to shoulder, touching in some cases, smiling as they're signing a bill saying you're going to get the, the, the um, peons are going to get, we're all going to get charged a thousand dollars for doing what they're doing in this photo. Yeah, I, I have seen that photo going around. Um, it, it is definitely a, there are rules for me and rules for thee, like that's. Uh, that's how it works, right? You're not, um, I mean, just think of it like government people, they're getting their paychecks. They're going to work. They're essential. Why? Why? What do they create? What value do they create? They literally create no value. All they do is tax you and redistribute wealth and, you know, pocket some of it. That's all they do. That's all government does. So, uh, you know, the guy selling the can opener is way more essential than your local mayor. But, you know, city council, mayor, uh, all the bureaucrats, they're all getting paid. All of them. By, by your tax dollars, which you can't even earn right now because you're not allowed to work. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you, Michael, for the super chat. Michael says, is your website at unsafespace.com down? Oh, my Uh-oh. gosh. Is it? Not I to my to- knowledge, but maybe we have too much fun traffic. Let me go look. Um, wow. Yeah, it is down, but I... I just learned that from you right now. So maybe we have too much traffic. I will check it out and try and fix it. It was up yesterday because I was playing around with it yesterday. So I'll check it out. Uh, and then and then uh, he asked about book club. So we the book we're reading currently is Animal Farm. We haven't picked a date yet, but we're going to pick it and announce it very soon, I promise. Um, I have to go. I have this job thing I'm doing here today, and that's why I'm here. But um, somebody else in chat... I forget how to pronounce this. It's E C C E. I don't know what you're talking. E C. Well, I don't know what he's talking about. He's like own up to the Justin post. I don't know what you mean. I have a friend named Justin. Uh, Look, I don't. I don't know what that. I just don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Own up. I don't like that language. As if there's something I'm not doing. I don't even understand what you mean. So be clear. And if you want me to talk about my friends, well, first of all, 
I choose which friends I name online and which ones I don't. I don't particularly like, I ranted at Justin. I rant at a lot of people. <laughs> okay. I don't know what, I don't know what you want me to add. Yes. I have a friend. I don't like naming my friends by name on, especially if I'm being critical of them in the video, but uh, I have a friend who we disagree a lot. And I, I guess I ranted at him recently on Facebook. Look, I rant at so many people. It's hard for me to keep them all straight. Um, if you had asked me about the cop friend, that's one in particular, uh, Justin Trudeau. No, anyway, I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. K says, I'm sure <laughs> Justin probably did something to deserve it. <laughs> I did actually, uh, there was another friend. Maybe he's talking about this friend. There was a friend, Julian, who, uh, said something in sarcasm on one of my posts and basically was saying what a Karen would say, but was saying it in sarcasm about that picture was saying, um, you Oh, know, you missed the sarcasm. And I missed the sarcasm and I, I got my claws out because, because Julia was like, um, look, the thousand dollar fine is for your own good. And it will be coming to you soon in the form of a check from the government for 1200. And as long as you follow, Oh, I see what he's saying. Sorry, Julian. Yeah. Okay. That's why he is talking about Julian. Anyway, Julian basically said what a Karen would say. And I'm like, that's weird. I didn't realize he was like that because I thought he was very freedom loving. And uh, and my and my, I was like, you know what? No, take. It's not for my own good. I said what I would say to a Karen. It's not for my own good. Take your fees and spin on them. Right. <laughs> and then it turns out he was just being sarcastic. And I'm like, that's the world we live in now, where I don't even know half the time. I'm, it's it's hard for me to read the sarcasm anymore because I see so many authoritarians saying exactly what he said. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. By the way, unsafespace.com is back up. I just rebooted the server while we were sitting here. I don't know what was going on, but it's uh, it's up. Um, yeah, I don't. I've done that before, um, where like I because I can't. Sometimes I think what happens is sometimes there's people who are you know red pilled or black pilled, but they're in their own black pill echo chamber, and so like they they just know that of course you shouldn't take it any other way than the black pill way like all the like they're just totally used to being able to say things completely deadpan yeah. and and for you to know that it's sarcasm but for a lot of people if you're like not in an echo chamber and you're out and you see that stuff all the time sometimes it's just like you forget like who that person is and like are they saying it in sarcasm because it's actually a real thing that someone really would say and <laughs> has said and so like you respond very like sincerely to it and they're like you're an idiot and it's like oh oh you're you're on my side and and I just didn't realize it. Yeah, I just think it's funny. I thought it was really funny. I was like, oh, let Kitty retract her claws real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I have to go do a part-time job. I'm very thankful <laughs> to have today. Yes. I love you, Carter. I'm sorry we fought earlier. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you very much for joining us on Unsafe Space. <laughs> Are you laughing? I can't see you anymore. I'm laughing. Okay, uh, and uh, we'll talk to you later. And thank, yeah, thank you for tuning in. Bye, Maria. Bye. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Mom and Dad won't fight forever. It's uh, it's over. Um, we're all everything's good, and uh, we will see you. Don't forget, as I mentioned earlier, if you missed it earlier, um, uh, tomorrow morning, eight a.m. Pacific time. I'm going to put. Uh, I'm going to make live our interview with Maggie Oliver, the police investigator in the um, Rochdale child sex abuse scandal in the UK. 
Uh, so if you're in the UK, I think that's like 4 p.m. your time or something. So you should be able to check it out. Um, thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. And um, go outside. Go outside. Resist. Wear a mask if you're nervous. But uh, screw this totalitarianism. Go outside.